Hi, this is Michael Heffron from Rainmaker, and you're listening to the Toonami Faithful Podcast. Welcome to the Toonami Faithful Podcast. My name is Jose Argumetto, and with me tonight is... The founder of ToonamiFaithful.com, Paul Pascual. And... Here's Samurai Derail Maddox. And... Daniel Sherlock, webmaster of Toonami Faithful. And... Your esteemed announcer, Jim Nelson. So we have five people on the podcast, which means we're going to cut each other off a lot. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I won't say much of anything, so... Yeah, Daniel will probably, Daniel will probably fall asleep on the keyboard. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna yeah, say. All of a sudden, we just oh. hear, you know. In that case, Jose will mute his ass, or just end the call with me. <laughs> and that too, uh, like a big thud on the, the keyboard. Yeah. But anyways, uh, you can find us on Twitter at Tsunami Podcast. Uh, find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast and on Tumblr at tsunamifaithfulofficial.tumblr.com. Subscribe and rate to review the podcast on iTunes and Podomatic and Zune for the three of you that are using that. Sorry, Xbox Music for the three of you that are using that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you don't care. I didn't know that the auctioneer returned. Uh, he's not. I'm just trying to get through fast. So there's a petition for Symbionic Season 2 and Thundercats now because Thundercats has ended its run on Toonami. Uh, the first run, not not the actual run. We're we're getting reruns now, and uh, we would like for you to sign those petitions. And Paul probably has a little more info. Yes, I do. Um, those petitions are up on Tumblr as well as Twitter. So, uh, if you guys want the link, um, go to tsunamifaithfulofficial.tumblr.com. Both links are on there. Uh, make sure you sign because you know, if you guys want second seasons of those, we need to get attention. And we'll talk about some good things that happened on Saturday in a little while. But, yeah, that's all for that. But um, speaking of uh, good things, um, the T-shirt giveaway is is done. We will be choosing a winner this week. Um, So if you want the T-shirt, I would suggest that you listen to next week's podcast because we're going to reveal who it is. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Oh, my bad. No, it's not going to you, Darrell. Oh. We, we all know that you want to have a wet t-shirt contest with you. Hey, we I made you... that joke last week. I know. Oh. So Way to use a rerun. I'm sorry, Jose. You're not feeling campy tonight. <laughs> hey, we used that joke when it wasn't funny. <laughs> Which was never. Which was always. Okay, so time for news. From Facebook, Twitter, and the official Tsunami Tumblr. This is Toonami News, powered by ToonamiFaithful.com. So, the ratings for March 30th, 2013. Bleach starts off the night at 1,029,000. Naruto comes in at 911,000. Soul Eater, 756,000. Thundercats, 779,000. Excuse me. Symbionic Titan, 620,000. Odaka, 7, 504,000. Tenchi GXP, 508,000. Brotherhood, 513,000. Bebop, 573,000. Bebop, 539,000. 
Inuyasha 548,000, and Inuyasha ends the night at 577,000. And those are your ratings for the week. Yeah, screw they went all off. of you who were screw all of you who went to sleep during Aoraka Seven. Just screw all of you. <laughs> How dare you do that? Uh, or even Sully, there's where it really dropped. Yes. Wasn't wasn't last week the the episode where everything went batshit crazy on Uraka? Yeah, it was what, the, uh, yeah the antibody Corallian. Okay, yeah, like you went to sleep during the rainbow color kill fest. Yep, exactly. Everybody loves the rainbow um, Dude, color kill everybody. fest. Everybody. And the thing is, everybody was getting it. Men, women, children, like, everything f***ing died. <laughs> it was a... And Jim loves every minute of it. Oh, it was it great. Was, it was beautiful. If you were tripping on acid, I'd feel sorry for you. Jim, don't you like it when people die? I love it when people die. Especially what? you, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> All I gotta and say is, the moon... Tanami news. Thanks, The moonshine made everybody <laughs> die just so good. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, before we get, get your... out of hand with people dying, uh, trending, <laughs> that happened. And yeah, it did. There was, yeah, there was a, lot of, a lot of trending happened that night. Um, Last night. Yeah. You know what that's I mean. Shut said. up. I'm tired. Anyway, well, that's why I'm telling you. That's what she said. <laughs> exactly. Oh. Anyway, it's so um, off geek. So everything. Oh, God. <laughs> Everything uh, trended last night except for Inuyasha and uh, Expand Tsunami. But the one thing that we really need to talk about is... Ichigo trended worldwide. Yes, really? that trended worldwide as well. Um, and but so did Tsunami. Bankai! <laughs> but um, Thundercats Season 2, or S2, I should say, um, trended not only in the United States, but worldwide. And, Jim, you want to, do you want to say something about that? Good. Good. Okay, thank you. Anyways, um, so I have a little fact to uh, share with all of you, even though I know Jose doesn't care and he wants to get done with this podcast. Oh, um, no, I care about this. Um, we got sent this. I don't remember exactly what they were using to... Um, hash, t- uh, hash following? or I, I know what it is. I don't know how yeah. well I trust it. but uh, I, I don't know how well I trust it either, but um, according hashtag to... Hashtag tracking, I think it is. Yeah. But according to whatever they were using, uh, Thundercats S2 generated 1,985,693 impressions with 1,381 tweets. Good. Good. <laughs> Why does that move me on? Because I don't know. Because you off. On. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways. For... Anyways. So, Oblivion. Uh... Woo. Well, wait a minute. I'm yeah. not done. I'm not done. I'm not done yet. Because uh, Symbionic Titan Season 2 trended as well last night. I want to talk about Gundam. I don't care about Gundam. That's why he's not in the post segment. (laughs) (laughs) We kicked him out. Uh, So, yeah, let's get into uh, the 50 Oblivion promos we had. (laughs) Shut up, Jim. Shut up. I don't even want to hear you this time. (laughs) Oblivion's going to be awesome. I Jim, feel used. <laughs> Jim, I, I want to hear your opinion. <laughs> That's all I have to say. I feel used. <laughs> you feel good about that. Oh, God. Yeah, actually, this is a good thing, though, like that mm-hmm. we can trend something that is a sponsorship thingy. That means more sponsors are going to look to it and be like, hey, it's trending on Twitter. Uh, we got some positive results out of it. F- yeah, let's do it. Like, let's keep sending Toonami money for new this- Tom animation for the outgoing Tom. And better shows like Monica Magica. Yeah. Monica Magica. 
<laughs> or Gundam <laughs> Unicorn, which will never happen. Does anybody, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Maybe you could have mini movie nights with Gundam Unicorn. Nah. Does anybody else find it ironic that maybe. like Tom is doing an Oblivion trailer or Oblivion promo, and Tom Cruise is actually in that movie? Not really. No. No. Okay. I think that Tom <laughs> is cooler than Tom. Maybe Cruise. a little bit, but uh, I don't know. Didn't have a lot of things that really interest me. Kind of just like shiver. Why? <laughs> I was yeah, the only I, one interested, I guess. Uh, Darrell, a roach-infested toilet is cooler than Tom Cruise. Hey. Oh. Oh, <laughs> I, may, I may cut that out of the show out of my love for Tom Cruise. <laughs> I've worked with the guy. He's really movie, nice. Though. You can't catch uh, me, gay thoughts. Because I have seen TV. <laughs> oh, that was just as good as the backhoe <laughs> last weekend. <laughs> oh, my God. So anyways. <laughs> pace so yeah we got five different oblivion promos for the upcoming movie oblivion starring tom cruise and directed by joseph kudzinski who directed tron and, legacy and has morgan way, freeman in it yeah by the way all those at tsunamifaithful.com i'm sorry jim but morgan freeman has a way sexier voice than yours i know the thing is he's uh he's got to be an octave lower than me i think he's a baritone where i'm a tenor so yeah, uh, we did get it to trend, thank God, because they asked us to trend it, and we did. We complied. Um, and frankly, you know, I, 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 you know, I want to see this movie, but that's not the point here. Uh, if we do trend stuff like that, it means more, more money, you know. I so, think it's a wonderful thing. <laughs> yeah, <I think laughs> Even though I was confused during the promos, but I definitely want to see the the movie because i already saw the trailer and was like oh i gotta see this movie yeah the movie <laughs> yeah i saw that trailer when i went to see django now here's my thing is that i think it would have been a really nice piece of viral marketing if they hadn't pimped the living crap out of that trailer before this you know what i mean like well, uh they, they do i mean it's well, they showed out. The, they showed the trailer pretty extensively during the super bowl yeah and uh like I don't know. I might have had more interest in it if it was if it was like, wait a minute, or if, you know, I hadn't heard too too much about it. Well, Not if it was like, you know, oh my god, Super Bowl movie trailer, you know. I, I hate to be to come in as the movie person, but um, didn't didn't they move Oblivion back a little bit? No, they actually no. moved it up. They moved it up. They moved it up. Okay, I thought it was I thought it was like March or something. No, nah, it was May. It was, it was May. Gonna, was, yeah, it was originally going to be June, and then they moved it up to, like, what, end of this month? May? It's going to be April 10th. Wait a minute, let me look. Hold no, on. that's not true. That's uh, not true. It's um, 12th. 12th, yeah. That's what so I want. So it's opening this week. Yes. Always. Yay! So. Oh, no, 27th, 27th, I think, because 12th, there's, like, no movies. Yep, well, Tom will figure out the rest of the message this week. I was, I was kind of hoping that... Uh, what they were talking about on the Tumblr instead of this was like um, Tom 3.5 maybe talking to Tom 5. By the way, we were all wrong. It's April 19th. This movie's coming out. Ooh. Oh. We there all can't go. We all can't use Google. <laughs> Dang, I'm I too far away from the computer right now. <laughs> Just sitting at the mother... Never mind. <laughs> I don't even want to know how he can not Google his up because he's not at the computer. You know what? Dan, you a fat, lazy slob. Get your ass off the damn podcast right now. <laughs> I'm laying on my bed. I'm not Googling anything. I Quit being guess. your meat, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of rude during a podcast. Oh. 
Yeah, but um, you know what? Um, if it means more money for shows that aren't Dragon Ball Z, then sure, I'm all for it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Jim, for that pot shot at the fanboy trolls. So, anyways, this has been a a tangent. (laughs) Hey, what can I say? I'm an agitator. Oh, God. So yeah, go see Oblivion because it's gonna be cool. I can't wait to see it. Um, and apparently, go see, uh, apparently go see Dragon Ball Z Kai because Jim loves it. Don't you ever say that lie again. Give Funimation <laughs> your money. Give Funimation your money. There are very, yeah, that's basically the <laughs> entire the way, thing of, of Oblivion. It's just two hours of you know just like Funimation. You buying Funimation stuff yet? Oblivion. So yeah, it trended. It's awesome. Go see the movie. Uh, Tom, actually, fun fact, uh, if you look at my Twitter, you already know this, uh, Steve Bloom is now only three degrees away from Kevin Bacon because, uh, what away from Kevin Bacon? Three degrees, six degrees of separation. Oh, oh. so Steve Bloom has done promos for the Tom Cruise movie as Tom, no less, uh, uh, Oblivion and Tom Cruise was in a few good men with Kevin Bacon. Interesting. Oh, yeah, huh? Not bad. Not bad at all. I figured that out in one night. <laughs> and congrats. <laughs> and that's why I'm single. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna go ahead and go into the interview with Michael Heffron now. And trust me, guys, you're gonna like this one. I know Daniel definitely enjoyed himself. Um, and uh, stay tuned. We'll be back in a moment. Hey everybody, it's Jose Argumento. We're back here with a very special guest from Rainmaker Productions. Please introduce yourself, sir. Hi, it's Michael Hepron uh, from Rainmaker Entertainment, and I am the new president, executive producer of the company. Thank you for joining us on the show. We're here to talk about reboots, uh, Toonami, and everything in between about Rainmaker. So thank you for joining us. Yeah, uh, thanks for asking me to uh, come on the show. Now, uh, first thing we want to get out of the way is uh, how, how did you get started in animation? Ooh, that's a, uh, a long dated question. Um, <laughs> grew, grew up in the Midwest uh, in Wisconsin, uh, always had a passion for animation, uh, but uh, my folks said there's no money in art, so uh, I kind of skipped past that, went to university, but uh, found myself after university um, hooked up with an animation studio back in the Midwest, um, started doing some design work for them. Uh, started to learn how to do some animation back on some of the original first uh, animated videos that were done for Golden Books and um, ended up going to Sheridan College up in, um, in Oakville in uh, the mid-80s and uh, graduated from Sheridan in, um, in 89 and been in animation ever since. Cool. Uh, if you don't mind me following up, how, how did you get into Rainmaker? How did I get into Rainmaker? Uh, I've been in the industry for quite a while. Um, I basically got headhunted. Um, take over the company after 
um, the uh, planned sale with the Chinese company Zing Zing uh, was canceled and did not happen. <laughs> now, before, uh, what what have you learned about the process that you wish you had known before you uh, got into this business? All right, so I started. I, I was pretty naive when I started my first company. Um, Ten months out of uh, going to school at Sheridan, I started a company called Phoenix Animation, and probably was um, my naivety and probably my own stupidity that I started the company, knowing nothing more than just graduating from school, but. Uh, I think if you would know too much, uh, you may not do things in life. So sometimes it's good to uh, to jump in if you have a heart and passion and believe in something. And that's what I did. I was very fortunate to, uh, to have done so because I landed the first uh, project for my company was uh, work on Firm Gully, The Last Rainforest, and uh, went on to do uh, six features uh, right after that. Cool. Now, I, I guess this might have been before your time, maybe during your time. I'm not sure. But... Uh, the reboot trailer. We're gonna go ahead and talk about that for a little bit. That came out a sure. couple of years ago. Yeah. What What attracted, I guess, the company to to make that trailer uh, for reboot even years after it had been canned? Okay, so um, it, it's it's well before my time. I, I believe that trailer was done back in two thousand nine, two thousand and ten. Um. You know, a, a property, and I think everyone looks at, well, why did Reboot end? Um, why hasn't it come back sooner? Uh, you know, it's uh, it's a very difficult process when a, when a, when a property ends and um, what is the right time to bring it back? And I think uh, predecessors to, to myself, when Rainmaker's focus after the acquisition of Mainframe was, was focused on features, I think the idea and the thought was that um, you know? Let let's try to bring reboot back as a as a feature film, and uh, you know it's it, it was a successful property. There's no doubt. Um, still a strong fan base, and what's the best way to reach that audience? And I think that was a direction that um, you know was taken at that time. And um, I think the uh, the trailer, which is you know just a really small clip, and I think another small piece were meant really kind of a bit as a tease, um, but, you know, don't necessarily reflect the, uh, the current plans or at least the direction that, um, you know, we'd hope to take the project uh, going forward. So was there not enough interest in that trailer? Why did that project stop? Again, I mean, it's really before my time. Usually when things don't happen, the ability to finance is usually the main case. Um, it's not easy to to get a feature film off the ground. Um, Rainmaker, at the time, um, was working on um, Escape from Planet Earth, um, or shortly shortly there around. And um, you know, it's 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 taken a while to get that movie done. Uh, it's the first complete uh, theatrical feature film that the studio you know has produced. It did extremely well. Um, you know, it was the um, number one. Uh, or top grossing animated film for uh, the Weinstein Company for North America. So we're very excited about that. And, you know, and now has certainly opened up, you know, a lot more opportunities for Rainmaker as a company and projects that, that we're behind to actually, you know, get through that difficult process of a feature film pipeline because there's a, now a, you know, a solid proven track record for the studio's ability to deliver 
which will, of course, increase the studio's opportunity to um, to attract financing for projects it chooses to do in the you know in the future. Um, I should say, though, as Mainframe as a company and uh, and Rainmaker together from a from a direct-to-video or long-format standpoint, the company's probably done close to 40 um, long-format direct-to-video type um, movies. Um, CG, it's probably uh, produced uh, more long-format long CG than probably most companies have. Now, what in your mind separates Rainmaker from all these other animation studios out there? I think... Um, well, certainly there's two things. Um, one, from a theatrical standpoint, uh, there are very few independent studios that have um, or have the capabilities of delivering um, a, you know, a movie to the level of Escape from Planet Earth. So um, that, that, that's definitely a um, and having a feature film pipeline that uh, that's capable of doing that. Um, the ability to produce a movie to the level of Escape from Planet Earth, there's um, not a lot of studios that have that bandwidth and, um, you know, and that track record to be able to do that. So I think that certainly does. And, you know, drawing back on the mainframe days with uh, producing Reboot as the first um, long form CG animated series, uh, which then launched a number of um, iconic, you know, CG, uh, uh, both television and, and directed video properties. So certainly the company was extremely innovative at its time, and that's certainly um, the direction that you know I'm pushing the company is both its you know its innovation to to adapting technologies and and bringing new ideas or be, with the ability to basically execute new ideas and you know and really be a creatively focused driven studio. Now, obviously, you guys have a relationship with the Weinstein Company. Uh, mm -hmm. They 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 distributed Escape from Planet Earth. Now, uh, how would you say your relationship is with them? And if Reboot were to return, would you guys want them to be involved? Well, I think we should uh, to go back and, and maybe talk briefly about, you know, the plans if, you know, to bring Reboot back. And I say the only word if because, um, you know, to, to, to bring a project forward, whether it's an original idea or even to, you know, reboot a property and, and use the phrase, um, you know, it does take a lot of work. It takes financing. It takes um, a lot of things coming together, buy-in from um, from stakeholders such as broadcasters to support the project, finding the right creative. Um, you know, the the company was successful as a series. Um, can it work as a feature? Certainly, I believe it can work as a feature. But our our, our plans, at least at this stage, are to relaunch reboot um you know as a as an animated uh television series uh, we feel that that's the best format uh for the show i think it's episodic um format and and sense of humor and action that it had in its story arcs worked really well and uh you know, it certainly has the ability to reach, um, you know, and build a strong audience base that way. Uh, and, um, you know, ultimately, uh, if, if a movie comes, it would probably come down the road after a series. So the Weinstein companies are a fantastic partner. Um, they were uh, fantastic to work with, you know, on Escape from Planet Earth. They did an amazing job, you know, as a, as a more independent 
um, animated property to uh, to support it out in the marketplace. I think that's evident in um, how well it did, uh, you know, on in U.S. domestic box office. And um, you know, so if if reboot happens as a as a movie, we would certainly always look to um, to people we've partnered with and have had a strong relationship with. Um, but if it's on a television series, um, that that probably wouldn't go in that direction. Now, you've had the, uh, I guess, advantage of being able to work in both worlds in terms of animation. You've worked in 2D, you've worked in CG. Now, what mm-hmm. do you think are some of the advantages to CG compared to 2D animation, and what are some of the disadvantages? I think, you know, at the end of the day, um, I think you've got to put mediums aside, and it's really what is the best medium to tell a story and um, to bring it to life. And certainly... Um, CG and the capability CG now are pretty much able to do anything. Um, I've, I've seen you know CG look like 2D, and um, you know certainly when you're looking at um, complicated characters and you know depth and space, preschool uses it quite a bit because uh, in, in preschool shows because it it matches really well to toys and is a, a direct link. Um, and you know, uh, on a on a um, theatrical level, you know, pretty much the only thing that's getting on a big screen is 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 a, is a CGI um, is a CGI movie. With regards to the differences in two D um, for three D, you know, or disadvantages of, of CG, you know, it would have to be probably the cost factor. Um, you know, to the cost, at least especially when you're into television, um, becomes quite expensive. That's why you'll still see a lot of 2D shows. Um, it's just the budgets are a lot higher. And when you're starting to have to build assets and, and such, the types of stories you tell become um, can become complicated and more costly when you, you I want to use the word, a throwaway character or a throwaway loca- uh, location. But, you know, that can represent one or a couple of drawings when you're doing 2D, but that can represent a considerable amount of work when you have to model and build that location in those characters. Now, in all years of animation, what, what projects are you proud of uh, in producing? <sighs> um, I don't know. I've produced so many over the years. Um, can't say that I really have one over another that I'm proud of. Probably, probably a, a pretty proud of a series that we produced back in um, the early '90s called "The Magic Adventures of Mumphy," and uh, we did it. I was pretty naive when I started my studio, and um, we animated it. We did everything in house. Uh, this is back in Toronto at the time. Uh, we painted all the cells, um, filmed it. We actually built. A multi-plane camera similar to what Disney Studios used to use um, on their feature films to create a greater, you know, sense of depth. And of course, nowadays, you know, computers take away all that. But you know, we were pretty proud of um, the the first season of uh, a Mumphy that we were able to do it that way. And uh, it was probably one of the the last that was probably done in you know in Toronto at the time. Um. Now, with Escape from Planet Earth out in theaters, and I believe it's still in theaters, um, what's next for Rainmaker? Do you guys have another theatrical in the pipeline? 
Yeah, we announced uh, we've closed financing now on another um, uh, another uh, CG animated feature film that's going to be theatrical. It's uh, based on a well-established uh, franchise, uh, game franchise, that um, will be announced. The title itself will be announced, uh, I think, around April 23rd. So um, I can't give you any heads up on it other than we started production and we're actually doing a, uh, a minute-and-a-half teaser for the announcement of the title of the, uh, the movie. Oh, game franchise. Can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope we get that press release. Can, can, I, can, I, can I get a guess? <laughs> we can no guess. We can guess. He just won't tell us. <laughs> well, if you get that dead silence, oops. Guess what? You guessed right now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, it's. I, I hope everybody will know it. It's. Uh, it's a well-known property. We're really excited about it. I think game properties have been very difficult to execute. It'll be very interesting. Um, uh, and looking forward to seeing uh, Blue Sky's uh, upcoming movie, Epic, uh, which is based on a game franchise. So um, games have been difficult because game audience versus film audiences uh, or game players versus film audiences, which, you know, the family target, which are necessary in order to, um, you know, hit numbers and make a film successful um, don't always mix, and we're excited about the one that we're doing because it it does hit that core family, and yet still has that ability to have you know a cool sense of humor like Despicable Me, but have that you know real strong appeal to kids. Cool. Now, I I can't wait to hear that. I hope we I I hope we see that press release soon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and trailer. Uh, now ignoring reboot at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there any interest into getting into a television uh, series or any kind of television animation? Uh, television production, certainly. Um, I have to be careful what I say because, you know, as a publicly traded company, I can't make any forward statements. But, um, you know, there are there are certain plans. My background, um, you know, is, is pretty split between uh, doing feature films and television uh, again, for me, it's creating great, engaging, audi- uh, audience-driven, engaging content. And um, there's great stories or ideas that, you know, are meant for more for the small screen. And, you know, there's those that are epic that um, that play out well, you know, on a, on a, a theatrical, uh, theatrical format. Um, Rainmaker's focus just on, or, you know, for the last while on features, which has been great now to build the studio's feature film pipeline and a great credit to um, the, the, you know, my predecessors who I've inherited um, the, the studio and its capabilities from. Certainly, you know, from my strategy for the company is to broaden its opportunities um, and to really expand in, in the kind of content that we do. So we're certainly looking at um, television. Um, I think people... Uh, in the audience might be interested, but probably at least a third, if not, or slightly less than a third of the company right now um, are still people from the old mainframe days. So we have a lot of skill sets and strengths and the, the people that are working with us on the team, um, from production management to artists, um, many of those who, um, you know, to date have been, uh, or, you know, with us now have uh, worked on Reboot. So they're all quite excited uh, with the prospect that Reboot will um, come back and come back as a television series, as I think uh, 
a lot of people from the Vancouver area or across the country, both in the U.S. and in Canada, who've worked on the project. Now, uh, Rainmaker has pretty much made stuff for broad audiences. Have you guys ever considered making something for adults, something that could go on Adult Swim or Toonami or uh, maybe an adult theatrical film, uh, you know, something a little more mature? Or will you continue to cater to broad audiences because that's where the money is? I, um, I, I think if you look at it theatrically, an animated adult theatrical film um, you know, is a real gamble um, and, and certainly not one that we would take. Um, television certainly opens up that opportunity and to do something primetime adult um, you know, is very interesting. Um, I'm actually myself personally working on a um, primetime animated series concept. So, you know, it, it's definitely of interest. It's, it's really for us as a company, um, it's less about age brackets. It's more really about great, great ideas and, you know, um, the opportunity to execute them. Uh, so, you know, we'll be looking at primetime. We'll be looking at preschool. We'll be looking at, you know, the core um, boys, girls, you know, eight to, um, or sorry, six to, uh, six to 13 group. Now with, um, besides reboot mainframes, mainframe has a huge legacy of shows. Would there be any of them that you would like to revisit one day? Any of them that stick out to mind or. I think, um, I mean, a lot of them and you stuff like, um, beast wars and yes! such, um, <laughs> You just made yeah. Daniel happy. <laughs> yes, unfortunately, I mean, we don't own the underlying rights to those. Uh, that it was a project with with Hasbro uh, at the time, um, and uh, if if it was to be brought back, um, you know, it wouldn't be our ability. I think it's moved on. I think you're you're seeing such things from Transformers now as rescue bots that Hasbro's doing, and so. Um, you know, if they go back to it, it'd be great. It was a fantastic series. I mean, it came off of um, obviously what was learned on um, on reboot and the abilities for the studio to do a long format series, and uh, it was a fantastically executed show. Um, we, we, Daniel, you just made his day just by saying Beast Wars. <laughs> Beast Wars. If Beast Wars somehow comes back, that that would be definitely one of them. It's such an iconic show. <laughs> now, uh, now, how tough is it to work in the animation business? What would you recommend to anyone looking to get into that industry? I think um, any industry is is tough. I think you have to, you know, have to have a, pla- a passion and commitment um, and a desire to uh, to succeed. And that's, you know, that's really it. I mean, I think back when I started, it was really difficult. So I started my own company. So you know. Um, and, uh, you know, built it up and that's how I got my kind of really true first break in the industry. And, uh, you know, it's going out there, um, you know, certainly, uh, where you could do animation was more limited, uh, back, uh, um, you know, previously, but, you know, animation's being done across the U S now it's being done across, um, Canada, uh, there was pretty much two schools when I went uh, first, you know, went back to or went to school for animation in the mid 80s. That was CalArts and Sheridan. Now there's, you know, animation training and animation schools, you know, at a lot of universities, a lot of community college, you know, colleges doesn't even take the ability to draw anymore. Um, you know, it's certainly, um, you know, computer programming allows you to do it. But, you know, 
animation isn't about running a computer program. Um, it's really about the ability to, um, to, you know, have your character, um, tell an engaging story, uh, and pull off a performance. And, you know, so, you know, technology allows us to do it. Technology has been fantastic because it's, I think, created a lot more job opportunities for work that had, you know, gone overseas. Um, you know, a lot of that work can be, uh, can be done back here now, back in, you know, U S and Canada. And, um, but, uh, you know, it's a lot of opportunities from, from voice side, producing, production management, storyboarding. I mean, we still, um, you know, still draw panels, uh, visually to match out the script. We then, you know, take and, and do pre-visualization, which is previs and taking proxy models of, uh, what the characters are and block them in and put the camera in, uh, to give our first, you know, CG glimpse or 3D glimpse of um, of that story, those storyboards coming to life, you know, animated all the way to lighting. Uh, if you're good in, uh, if you're good with computer code, um, there's a lot of opportunities in in creating the uh, shader writers and things like that that kind of um, you know tell the system how to make something look from an art direction perspective. So, um, you know. It's wide open. There's jobs out there. Um, you just have to be innovative. Now, uh, I think we're going to get into hardcore reboot talk now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hardcore. Hardcore reboot talk, because I'm looking at the rest of the questions. I'm like, they're all reboot. Okay. So uh, why these, do you... must be Dan these must be Daniel's questions, right? We're about to get there. I have three more questions, and then it's uh, okay. all Daniel. Yeah, Jose gets a lot of questions in because he's the smart one. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I don't want it to be all reboot. I want to make sure that we have a good variety. Um, yeah. But obviously, reboot is our focus tonight. So, uh, speaking of reboot, why do you think the fans have such an attachment to reboot? I remember reboot when I was a kid. Daniel remembers it obviously because you know he's he's the big old reboot fan on this show still. And we we see Twitter tags about bring back reboot. What is it about reboot that you think people just go nuts over? Um, I, I, I think for what it was at its time, I mean, I, I think there's a, I mean, and I don't want to d diminish reboot, but I think they're, you know, we, we connect to different things. And so shows have different connections. Um, you know, a lot of other shows, people say, oh, that show is so inspiring to me. Well, for everything I've heard um, about reboot, it's that very same thing. It's inspired a lot of people. Um, it's inspired, you know, emails we still get today, um, about bringing the show back is because reboot inspired them to what they're doing in their career right now. Um, people, I think were engaged with, you know, both the technology of what was being done, but also just about the characters, you know, and the world that was created and the sense of humor, um, that reboot, um, had, I mean, it was a brilliantly, conceived and, um, you know, uh, executed show at its time. And, uh, I think there's just been that, um, that attachment. There's, you know, 40, I think 48 episodes that were done. And, uh, you know, uh, a, a lot of people, as you said, you know, um, you know, grew up, uh, and went along, you know, for that journey with these characters and kind of lived their life through them. Sure. Big reason why I went into computer repairs because of reboot. <laughs> yeah. So, um, a lot of other things too. <laughs> yeah. Do you think Reboot was ahead of its time though? Because I feel like it was right before Ghost in the Shell came out, but after Tron, it was just in that, you know, 
that space of like computers are the future and this is what's going on inside. I felt it was a little bit ahead of its time. I want to get your take. I think uh, Reboot was extremely ahead of its time. Um, you know, a lot, a lot of the humor, and I think a lot of the stuff that um, went on, you know, the average person didn't really know about. Um, you know, so uh, you, you know, you're talking. Uh, was it ninety four, ninety five when the series came out? Um, it was certainly conceived before that. Um, not everybody had a personal computer back then. Um, you know, it was a totally, you know, you, you, you were a dial up. I mean, if you were lucky and had, and had that, I mean, you know, yep, so, yep. <laughs> you know, how we're contacted, how we engage in technology now is it was, you know, which is so commonplace, um, certainly wasn't back then. And, um, you know, flash forward to, well, how would reboot work today? Well, um, I think it's a, you know, a wide open thing from having, you know, a mainframe computer to, uh, to cloud in every other way now that, um, you know, computing and computing devices, um, allow us to, uh, to engage and, uh, and potentially these characters too. This maybe gave me an idea like Bob in my iPhone or something. <laughs> <laughs> hey, <laughs> big bite. I want you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All, all, all of a sudden, you're in trouble now that you know <laughs> everyone's going to be turning off their iPhones and Android devices really quickly. <laughs> uh, rest in peace, Tony J. <laughs> um, if reboot were to return, what what specifically would you like to update about the show? Uh, that on the creative is one area I won't um, at this stage get into because it's really um, it's really probably premature. Um, I you know my style of uh, being an executive and also being a a creative person first is we've actually started now to um, engage people who had previously worked on the show both internally have reached out started to reach out to some people. Um, you know, to get, to get a, to ensure that we have an essence for what the show was, um, in, in that core of what made it successful and the dynamics with the characters, the situation, you know, the action, the comedy aspects, but also looking to say now let's move this forward as innovative, uh, as, as reboot was in, in, in the mainframe days and, uh, of, of computing, um, what would these characters look like and what would the world be today? Um, you know, it's kind of that flash forward in time, say, you know, mainframe had been decommissioned and all of a sudden now, you know, uh, it's been restarted again. And, um, you know, survival now is, uh, is a whole different speed in processing. So. All righty. It's Daniel's turn. It's all reboot from here. <laughs> <laughs> Really, really is. I'm sorry. <laughs> I had one uh, escape from Planet Earth, but it's uh, okay. Yeah, but it was uh, it, it was redundant. <laughs> it was really redundant. Thank you, Jose, for checking those. No problem. <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> my first question is: Will there be any plans to bring back Gavin and the cast of the team to return in any ways? Um, I've reached out. I don't know Gavin personally. Have great respect for him and his talents. Obviously. Um, you know, from, from Reboot and, you know, other accomplishments. I've reached out to Gavin. Uh, we have plans to, uh, to get together for, for a coffee. I understand that that's the, uh, 
the best way to lure Gavin is to uh, offer coffee because he's a big uh, <laughs> big coffee fan. He'll tell you that. That's all you got to do is mention uh, mention coffee, and he's there. So he and I are going to get together, and certainly, um, you know, it would be very stupid on my part not to uh, to reach out and try to. Uh, um, try to involve people that have previously been uh, been a part of the show um, and its success along with, you know, cast, um, you know, that uh, that could or would be available um, for a series going forward. We would certainly be doing that um, the same way, you know, started to reach out to uh, people who've been involved in producing both on the directing and artistic sides on the show. Great. Um, my second question, will you, you take any feedback from fans into consideration if you indeed make it? Yeah, I think it'll be, um, it'd be an interesting one. And there certainly may be, I won't promise anything, but, um, you know, we've, we, we started teasing about the idea of, of reboot coming back. And, and I, I actually spoke with you, Daniel on, you know, let's look at, a way to start gauging interest, uh, in, in reboot. And, uh, you know, uh, Rainmaker, you know, had previously kind of, um, really kind of stopped communication between its fan base and reboot. Um, just the company was going in a different direction and, um, reboot wasn't moving forward at the time, but certainly we're looking at that quite differently now. And, um, we're, we're very interested in, in feedback and ideas, um, so certainly we may, um, open up. I know there's been previous competitions with regards to, um, when the comic was done, you know, we'll, we'll certainly look to our fan base to, um, to hear what they have to say. That's great to hear. Um, what can the fans do to encourage you to bring back the series, uh, um, like you know, like like face like the Facebook page, um, bring back reboot. Certainly, um, you know, tweet about it. Um, show that you know um, the series is relevant because, you know, my job one is to creatively, obviously, craft the direction of what the show is going to be, and you know, two really is to get that buy-in from you know from broadcasters that are going to pick up the show to air it which, you know, ultimately is uh, a, a large core part of um, our financing process to, uh, to get the show produced and funded. So the more that helps show that um, there's a strong audience base interested in Reboot, um, you know, that's one of the best ways for us to uh, show that the show still has relevance with um, fans. Awesome. Um as far as reboot.com, will there be any reinvolvement, uh, which was Zero to Heroes and uh, their comics and uh, mostly engaging the fans? I, uh, um, I think we would certainly, I mean, we, we haven't had the discussion yet. Um, you know, it's kind of very early stages. And I'm, I'm using the words as, as if, you know, we're bringing Reboot back. Um, the, the commitment that I can make at this point out there to all the fans um, is that there's a commitment on my part to do everything I can to see um, that we create an opportunity to bring this fantastic um, show back. So, uh, you know, but, you know, with that going forward, it'll take quite a bit of work. You know, engaging fans uh, via it through the website, through different forms of social media are extremely important in invigorating and keeping um, for any producer to keep a show live, uh, alive um, uh, with broadcasters. So, 
you know, we'll we'll certainly look at every opportunity we can to do so. I believe very strongly in cross-platform media and transmedia. Um, so having having reboot uh, if it, if it was to go forward. Um, having online components, which you know can be excerpts or um, you know some some hidden code that you have to watch while you have to watch the show, and you're going to gain something, and you go on, and it's going to open up something. You're going to find something. Um, the ability for obviously apps and things now that will further engage kids beyond um, the time that the show is linear on air um, to basically be able to interact with the characters. Same, be it through comics or, or such. Uh, those are all strong ways to really build, build a concept for what reboot is that could certainly live across um, various different types of devices and platforms. Just, just to be clear, because I know our fans are like really not listening sometimes, or they mishear yeah. things. Reboot's not coming back. We're looking into it. Is this the message we're? getting at correct we're looking we're we're looking looking into it um hopefully to build some reaction from the fans and hopefully we will hopefully one day get uh bring back reboot the trend which will even prove more of a fact that people really want it no and it's it's been interesting since you know since i've come on board at rainmaker and you know you talk about the company and talk about mainframe and you know, the, the amount of people, you know, outside of our industry that, oh, you know, a company that did Reboot, you know, uh, you know, you hear that it's, um, you know, it's really great. And it's certainly um, a tremendous asset that um, our company has, um, you know, the assets only as good as if you do something with it. And so, you know, certainly the intent for, for us is to look into that and explore that opportunity. Um, have discussions with key players in our industry um, that um, can be effective in helping us, you know, bring this show back. But to do it, um, just, you know, per perspective, you know, you're looking at still a few years down the road before, you you know, you would see it on air. Uh, it can take uh, can take up a year to try to pull financing together, you know, between the development and financing to just get the show into production. Um, you know, and then you're looking at roughly an 18 month production schedule. So you can kind of do the math and, uh, it'll be out there still a little, little down the road, but hopefully once we'd have a strong creative direction and idea for the show, moving it forward, we'd have the abilities either through comics or some, you know, some mini webisodes or such to, uh, start at least teasing, um, you know, and introducing what the new show is going to be. Great. If you wanna if anybody wants to see the old classic reboot now, it's actually on Hulu. The whole thing. Uh, season one through four, it's on Hulu.com. Check it out, guys. Thank you for the plug, Daniel. <laughs> no no better way to bring back reboot than give reboot money now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. Exactly. I think somebody shared with me the whole Kickstarter thing too, and you can see how how uh, good that did in raising money for um for the the movie so yeah well hopefully that will help you guys with even a kickstarter i'm sure it would um so am i gonna ask Paul? you're always looking at ways now to to finance and show show interest um so i I just have a sorry daniel are you gonna take paul's questions or should i do you want them Uh, you can take a couple all right cool (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> nobody's gonna hear this part 
It's no. called the magic of editing. All right. So if we were to, if sorry, not if we, I'm not a part of this. Another edit. <laughs> if you were, hey, yeah, to break... well, I, the more people, the more people that can partner in on this, we're quite happy, Jose. So, <laughs> uh, just just call me a producer, and we'll call it even. <laughs> there we go. I'll put it on my resume. I could use that. <laughs> if you do bring back reboot, where would you like it to be? Toonami or another channel like ABC? <laughs> don't remember. Actually, I don't think ABC treated you guys too kindly. I don't remember. <laughs> no, <laughs> not at all. Uh, yeah, there, I mean, there's 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 some differences in 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 the show. I think from uh, if you want to look back at its time when it first started out in the first couple series, and then um, you know went into season three, and um, you know uh, there's some comments back from other broadcasters where the series started to take more of a darker, more of an adult turn to it. Um, you know, so certainly. Um, ensuring that the new series, and I think everyone should know that, you know, if you're in your 20s and 30s, uh, hopefully we'll have the humor and such that you'll enjoy watching as much as, um, you know, as kids do. But, uh, um, you know, it's, it's core, tar- uh, core focus is going to be the, you know, the 9 to 13. Um, that's its, its core, so... And um, from a broadcaster standpoint, um, you know, there's a lot of great broadcasting partners out there. You know, certainly Cartoon Network and Toonami were great uh, Cartoon Network in supporting um, uh, Reboot after, um, after ABC and, and certainly the fantastic support that YTV in Canada gave for the show. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of broadcaster opportunities and the idea is to match the, the you know the focus the creative focus and the direction for the show with uh, the broadcaster it's got the right fit and audience to support it now i know you're in vancouver so m- you probably haven't but i'm going to ask anyways have you seen the current version of tsunami we were canceled a couple of years ago and now we're we're back uh no. and if so what do you what it, do you think about it no unfortunately i haven't seen the current version so um it's great it's back um, cause I think it was what originally launched in 97. 97, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, it's great to see it back. Uh, it's, it's Cartoon Network up here that's brought it back along with Cartoon Network in the U.S., correct? Yes. Yeah. So, um, unfortunately I haven't yet, but I will definitely have to look out for it. I, I believe, um, you know, I have a, a three and a half year old, so we get all the kids packages for, for all the broadcasters. So, you know, we'll definitely take a look and see. Well, Toonami is a part of Adult Swim now, so you may not want to watch that one with your child. <laughs> yeah. yeah, warning right not. now. <laughs> we roll with Adult Swim now. Um, well, maybe besides Naruto. <laughs> no, and, and even Naruto is uncut now, so I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> oh, this, this question's really redundant, so I'm just not going to ask it. Um, but uh, so we'll just skip to the end here and. Uh, well, any final thoughts on Rainmaker and Mainframe's legacy, and what would you really like to see in its future? Um, that's a really good question. <laughs> I mean, I think the uh, the legacy of a company. I mean, it's uh, it's it's been what is it now twenty twenty years, I believe. Um, you know, from almost from when Mainframe had started uh, to uh, to now. 
you know, the the legacy of creating the first, I think, of, as I mentioned earlier, um, CG animated, um, you know, series for, for long format broadcast. Um, certainly, certainly was innovative at its time, not only from a technology standpoint, but they um, matched a, a great creative to, um, you know, to utilize that technology. And I think that same innovation, you know, building on what, what mainframe represented, mainframe as a brand still today, um, you know, as a company from that side of our uh, uh, history um, is still a well-known brand. So certainly for me, um, you know, as a new president of the company, I'm looking to, um, to you know, to move those, that, that same innovation, that same creativity forward um, with now the release of Escape from Planet Earth, um, you know, the, the studio's in a position and now going into its uh, second theatrical feature film that we're producing uh, has got momentum, you know, in the theatrical space, which is, um, which is fantastic for us as a company as it opens up a lot of doors. Um, but, you know, we're looking to just find great properties, great partners. Um, the, the studio is looking, you know, for the opportunities to co-produce ideas with, uh, with partners from, uh, from various countries. So, um, you know, just want to continue that momentum and uh, continue to bring, you know, great content to our audiences. Um, and now we have one quick question from one of our... He's sort of a fan. <laughs> sort of a fan. <laughs> yeah, he, he kind of hosts this show too, but he's not here. So I thought I'd ask okay. it for him. Okay. Uh, well, I don't know if you'd know the answer to this one. Okay. But I will ask it anyways. Um, he would like to know in in-depth detail about how the Guardians came to be, which I guess is a reboot thing. That I could not answer. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. So, in in-depth de detail, the answer is I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We'd have to talk is that, to is that is that's pretty specific. That's pretty specific. So, you know, that's pretty in-depth when you look at the fact that it was just simply stated. So, no, sorry. Um, you know, a, a lot of how all that came together would be ill ill-placed for me to try to guess on it. And... Always ask Kevin. You know, I'll, I'll, you know, if you bring me back again, I'll, uh, I'll ask Gavin at coffee, or maybe it would be an opportunity for Gavin and I both sometime to come back on the show. We'll bring coffee. We'll bring yep, coffee. and we'll <laughs> bring coffee, exactly. <laughs> Next time I know how to offer him to come out or come down here <laughs> yeah, just, to New York. Hey, yeah, I have just, coffee for you. <laughs> have coffee. Good coffee, too, okay? None of that instant stuff. Yeah. yeah. That's not, not going to entice him, so. It's going to be that Starbucks instant no not instant what is that thing called they have a new coffee machine i can't remember i don't even know <laughs> whatever it has nothing to do with reboots so i shouldn't even mention it <laughs> <laughs> well i think coffee helps drive a lot of our talent in order to you know to uh, produce the great shows that you see on air so coffee does play an important role in the animation industry because i see a lot of starbucks and a lot of other type of coffee uh, uh brand cups that uh, are sitting on uh, animators desks so now uh i guess i guess we, that's it for the interview thank you so much for joining us i'm really happy we made thank it you. through this entire interview without making one single money for nothing reference um <laughs> oh wait that counts 
<laughs> oh, that counts. Um, but thank Bucket you. Bucket muffin. I'll, almost, almost there. We had to yeah. mention it somewhere. Yeah, we did. Bucket on nothing. We can't. Ninety-nine, ninety-nine. We can't talk about. We can't talk about mainframe without bringing that up. Um, such a good music video. We've never seen it for the young ones in the audience. <laughs> Go look up Money for Nothing by Dire Straits. Marion, that was Mainframe's first animated music video. That was great. Um, which won an MTV Music Award. So, there you go. Do it. Watch it now. Watch it now. Stop. Pause the You'll podcast. You're just going to see the hits on YouTube just go right through the roof on that one. So. I, I'd, I'd be very proud if we were responsible for that. <laughs> <laughs> be like, um... Michael will come back and say, uh, you guys exploded that YouTube video, so I think we'll do it now. <laughs> and then the next time we'll have you here, we're going to talk about bring back money for nothing. <laughs> God, it's so old, so boxy. Wow. Reboot makes that look good. <laughs> uh, well, thank you again for sparing the time and coming on board. Uh, and uh, anything else you would like to say? I think I think we left it on pretty good terms here, but any anything else no i think it was a, a great opportunity to uh you know to let our fans know that uh you know we really appreciate the support the commitment uh the determination not to give up and to uh to make us see the the need and and the rationale to bring you know to bring reboot back and so we are listening uh for uh for any of our fans who sometimes think we're not um, we're certainly listening we're certainly in you know, I made looking. them listen. <laughs> you made them listen. <laughs> I was um, responsible for them listening. <laughs> you know, we're we're listening. You know, sometimes you know, you just gotta, you know, uh, the you know, uh, whoever uh, shouts the loudest sometimes. But no, seriously, we, um, you know, we really appreciate that. The greatest thing for any any producer um, is its fans, and um, you know, and the last thing you ever want to do is, um, you know. Uh, miss an opportunity to engage fans. So, you know, I'm certainly here for that. Um, certainly through um, Bring Back Reboot, um, certainly through uh, Twitter, um, our uh, Reboot uh, Facebook page, and certainly through Twitter, I'm on there. So, you know, shout out comments, um, you know, uh, we'll, we'll try to be supportive. And uh, again, you know, the biggest one right now is just be patient with us as we, uh, you know, to, to get, to get this thing to work and to make it work successfully, it's all about content and, and a great idea um, and a great concept. Uh, and certainly, reboot was that, um, and and now it needs to move forward. Um, and uh, you know, it's just going to take time to develop what that creative is going to be and uh, to put it all together. But you know, it's something we're uh, working to try to do. All right, and we're going to go ahead and take it back to the podcast proper. See you all in a minute. And we're back. Paul's rude. Um, so, we're back. Uh, and that was a fun interview. I'm glad that everybody was there. All the people on this very podcast were there. I swear to you, just me and Daniel talked. That's exactly what happened. For the first 17 questions, it was more you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you counted. Reboot. <laughs> Reboot. 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 Um, <laughs> is this a giant robots on surfboards type of thing? Of course, on but it's <laughs> actually a cause because you can actually probably tread reboot. <laughs> um, so use the hashtag "Bring Back Reboot" by the way, so we can actually bring back reboot. 
They are paying attention. Yes, they are. You heard it yourselves. They're paying attention. Um, and I think with that, we're going to go ahead and end the show. Uh, so I don't know who should go first. Who's less important? Uh, yeah. Jim. We usually start. <laughs> we usually start with me. So. Aww. Yeah. Aww. So. You can find me at zero alacard twenty seven on Twitter. You can also find me at that very same name on either Xbox Live or the Nintendo Network if you want to play some uh, Monster Hunter Ultimate Three. Um, and that's was it. Nothing. I would just stalk you in that game now. <laughs> no, just, no. If you do, like, don't stalk. Like, seriously, it's not cool. But either way, um, yeah, and uh, also, I re- still refuse to mention my Tumblr because I still don't know how Tumblr works. So. <laughs> Clearly, you just post a bunch of Gundam stuff. That's that's what I've been doing. It seems to work. Probably, but uh, um, that you Tumblr's like. for the artistic minded. I make stick figures look bad. So, <laughs> um, so Darrell next. Oh, you can find me at ukami underscore samurai7 at twitter.com, or you can email me at derailmaddox at tsunamifaithful.com. And Daniel? You can find me at ZeroGamer on Twitter. Uh, my turn. You can find me at J-E-A-R-G-U-M-E-D-O at Twitter, uh, and you can also find me at J-E-A-R-G-U-M-E-D-O dot Tumblr dot com if you want to see a whole bunch of Gundam right now because <laughs> I went I went Gundam nuts and just posted all the print ads I could find for my trip. And then got a whole bunch of questions because <laughs> yes, you did, suddenly suddenly my blog turned into like Gundam blog and I'm like so I'm going to stop with that for a while but you can all go see all the pretty pictures and stuff. Um, and um you can also find me on the chat and forums under the same name. So have fun. Yay. Oh, and email me. I love getting emails uh, at J E A R G U M E D O at com. Send me all your emails, positive, negative, mostly negative, I get. But yeah, send them. <laughs> Why you know like Tenshi Muyo GXB? A lot of them start with that language, yes. It's not English, <laughs> but they do start like that. <laughs> Dear Jose, I really hate you because you don't love Bleach. <laughs> Those are all from Darrell. Yeah. <laughs> he, uh, he he's just sitting. He's just typing away right now. I have now. screenshots of that. <laughs> Darrell's just typing away right now. Die, Jose, appreciate <laughs> bleach. And then at the end of it says, P.S. Love you. <laughs> oh, see, I don't uh, uh, everybody you. here. We Sweet just we really we we really don't hate each other, guys. <laughs> That's a, I hate you a lot, Daniel. I know you do, but we we make. <laughs> It, you know, it's okay at the end of the day. It's all right. It's okay. It's all right. So anyways, Let's, Paul. First of all, Jim, I'm going to rape you off the podcast. <laughs> Second of all, you can find me on Twitter at Paul Pascrillo. My last name is spelled P-E-S-C-R-I-L-O. You can also find me at Tsunami News, uh, where I harass Jim all night long. And um, And I'm not awake to hear any of it. Most of the time. Most of the time, because I drug That's because you. they're and, in the bed to get. Oh, never mind. Shh, they're not supposed to know about that. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when we get five people on the podcast. We can never <laughs> leave. And uh, lastly, before we get off, um, literally, um, <laughs> <laughs> coming this Tuesday, 
coming this Tuesday <laughs> on geekyinc.com. We have a new CD coming out called Nerdcore Absolution The Continuum. Yay! Um, Yay! I won't give out first, all the the, uh, the first Nerdcore Absolution was so friggin' awesome. Yeah, yes. we had to make another one. Yes. <laughs> um, I will reveal that it is completely and utterly free. Um, and some of and you can actually, if you want to, and you want to help us out because, as you can see, Jose needs money for a new computer. Um, you can. I will allow on some of the tracks donations so that you can donate to us and all the money will go to tunamifaithful.com. It does not go to geeky because well, <laughs> we don't need money for geeky. So, um, yeah, we do. We need a new computer. <laughs> well, that too. <laughs> all the computer goes, we to, just both. Need money in goes to both to, uh, Tanabi and geeky at that point, but we, yeah, okay. yeah, we just uh, need money in general. So sign over all of your bank accounts and your life <laughs> savings to us. <laughs> Yeah, that's a great idea. You don't need social security, guys. It's a lie. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> All right. Oh, you know, basically, lie. That, <laughs> if you don't donate money, everybody's just they're just gonna send me to your house and get, then get I'm a just green gonna rob dot. You. Get if you have cash, go get a green dot from Seven Eleven. Put it on PayPal. There you go. <laughs> oh God. Anyway, so um, probably three after three hours after this podcast comes out, which will be coming out at nine o'clock Eastern time. So midnight Eastern time, the CD will be up. It will be available for you to download. Um, but just because we love you guys and because Kadesh Flow loves Jose, and you're welcome, Jose. Um, one of the songs off the album is called Immortal from Kadesh Flow, and it is an IGPX song. So that's going to play us out tonight. Hope you guys enjoyed the interview. Peace. And we're out. Deuces! Happy birthday, Gundam and Gundam Wing. Yeah. Go ahead and call me Rookie of the Year. Hate me because I'm young, but I'm still booking on you peers. Rocket G like it, being stupid looking is your fear. Might as well step away before we're whooping up your rear. More money, more problems. Being broken young is quite a decent way to solve them. So with the perfect crew, and IG1, the struggle is what drives us to pursue goals with military aggression, not so much like Alex Hume. And I'm so jacked, life's tough, and I know that. Victory is so sweet, everybody want to hate on us like we stole that. Set these mechs to the speed mode, and we burn it up, yo, whole track. Treat number three like it's no lap Beat my machine, that's so crap Winning is the only thing Step to me, get egged like an aubergine Competitors are being owned by youth Call them Satomi team I may not look like a boss But those eyes stay glued to me Like your regime Keep watching while I fulfill All these losers' dreams My team is so on We hit the track We blow balls We glance back Say so long Youth with all hope Gone this race All we have So your team's about to get so long And don't you Estimate us cause we're the new kids on the block Cause you will get rocked And when we win, we'll be immortal And when we win, we'll be immortal 
might be the LeBron of the Grand Prix. Small forward that these other players can't beat. Got a little cutie holding it down in midfield. Plus, I got a bad Puerto Rican in the back seat. She plays some mad D. Please don't be thinking you still have an overwhelming power in this race that's jam speed. And I'm not down with that. I'm pushing down the throttle. Thinking about how they said we couldn't before my G Force makes a wobble. They stay trying to throw me off my course. Failed to apply the proper force, so I incorporate that torque. Independent thinking is what Andre would enforce. So I have them spinners picking off the track. I own this sport. Nice guy, but when it comes to winning, heart is cooler. Cybernetic emotions like my brain was fused with Lucas. With Ramsey on my squad, my game's constantly getting tuned up. I'm trying to be a champion, so I got no time for true love. My team is so on, we hit the track, we blow balls, we glance back, say so long. Youth with all of God, this race all we have, so your team's about to get so long. And don't you underestimate us, cause we're the new kids on the block. We're back here with the final stories from Japan, which has been canceled this week because it's Gundam's birthday. What? Ooh. Oh, you just can't do that. No, just yeah, I can. Happen <laughs> <laughs> in the Gundam style. Yep. Opa Gundam, style. Opa Gundam style, people. Gundam style. <laughs> uh, yes, today is, well, it was April 7th. Uh, when you're hearing this, it's April 8th. Uh, April 7th was the uh, birthday of the original Gundam and... More importantly, Gundam Wing, which here in the United States uh, is a big deal, so we owe a lot of gratitude to Gundam Wing. Yay! So yay! yay. And uh, we definitely wanted to talk about it. So one of the things I definitely uh, want to go around and talk about, like what are what are some of your Gundam memories? Uh, we, we'd like to answer some Gundam questions. Anything we can do. So uh, I think I think first things first. I've been getting a lot of questions on my Tumblr about Gundam. Because I've been posting a lot about Gundam. So if you haven't seen my Tumblr lately, it's uh, J-E-A-R-G-U-M-E-D-O.tumblr.com. There's lots of Gundam photos right now. Uh, tons of stuff from Gundam Front Tokyo, uh, where I went last year. So you definitely should go check those out. Uh, but I, I, I think uh, the thing that people who are new to Gundam don't get is, like, where do I start? That's the question I'm getting a lot now, and I'm sure you guys have heard... Uh, yourselves like where do I start with Gundam where do I start and you know the thing that people forget is that America didn't even start with the beginning we started with Gundam Wing which was you know not even part of the main timeline technically nope nope uh, and it was you know we started we started with Gundam Wing and worked our way backwards and forwards 
in every a which lot of direction. Backwards and a lot of forwards. basically, it was <laughs> like it, it was it was like playing Russian roulette with Gundam, man. Yeah. Just put a bullet in the chamber, spin it. Where it stops, nobody knows. And that's the DVD we're getting, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but those are the masters that Tsunami got, or in uh, Gundam in uh, original Gundam uh, 0079's case. Uh, that was what uh, Bandai forced on them, from what I know. Yes. So. <laughs> if, I, if I have to choose which one to ch- uh, start from, I would probably say Seed. If I had to, you know, personally for me, I'd, I would just say pick a Gundam that looks interesting. Just based on character, art, you know, mecha design, pick one that just looks interesting to you and start with that. It doesn't matter which timeline it is. They're all pretty much standalone. Uh, with one or two exceptions here and there, but you can kind of just start with any Gundam. We did. Just yes. about. Yeah, we did. <laughs> <laughs> and and the, the thing one... is, there's a, there's a really, really good Gundam wiki out there, which you know taught me more about Gundam than I ever wanted to know, and simultaneously spoiled more Gundam than I ever wanted to know. So uh, use it at your peril, but at the same time, you know the resources are out there thanks to the internet. Um, Gundam.wikia.com, TV tropes, um, you know anything you can think of. My Tumblr, uh, apparently. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jim, basically, Jim got his Gundam cherry pop. Yeah, but well, I got my Gundam cherry popped by Gundam Wing, and that remained my that remains uh, one of my favorite Gundams because I just haven't seen any other Gundam as exclusively or as extensively extensively, excuse me, as um, Gundam Wing. With uh, I'm working on that with Gundam Seed, but um, yeah, I mean Gundam Seed's a great one to uh, start with, I think. But um, yeah, Jose's right. I mean, any any Gundam you can think of, you know, start with it. Um, really, it just it, it's one of those wonderful series. It's almost like Final Fantasy in that you can go with any one to start with. Yeah, you. It yeah. really doesn't matter which one you start with. Um, the the question we always the other one uh, question we always get is main timeline, which is the UC timeline in Universal yeah. Century. That one is you know the big question mark. Like, okay, where do I start there? And again, you can start anywhere in the UC timeline, but you'll if you want to do UC right, I would guess start with the original Mobile Suit Gundam, you know, because that's that's the beginning, that's the yeah. start. <laughs> yeah, it was the very first Gundam, and also um, the problem with the only problem with the Universal Century timeline is that there are a lot of callbacks to the original Gundam. I mean, um, and there are also sequel series. Uh, yeah, there's um, understand. This, the uh, plot from UC. Yeah, uh, I mean, well, yeah. Our, I'll, I'll give you a perfect example. I, I, I put on Twitter a couple of times that my grandma has watched the first two volumes of Gundam Unicorn. She watched it. Um, <laughs> and she has never seen any other Gundam. Hell, I don't even think she's ever seen anime before. <laughs> and she had a couple of questions here and there, but for the most part, she got it. She understood exactly what was going on uh, with no issues. And just mm-hmm. like, so, and Gundam Reunicorn is the most recent series to come out of Japan right now. Uh, and by the way, the only reason she could watch it is because it has Spanish subtitles on the Blu-rays. So, thank you, Bandai. <laughs> <laughs> you don't speak a lick of English. Uh, okay, now if Jose's grandmother can grasp everything in subtitles, then it, y'all should have no damn problem watching the damn Gundam series. Yeah. All of them are super accessible. Just pick one that looks interesting. It's an OPA too, isn't it? Which one? The uh, unicorn, unicorn. Uh, I mean, if you know 
you you don't need to know anything about the Universal Century, but if you if you've at least seen the original Mobile Suit Gundam, you're going to get so much of a better understanding from it because there's a lot of callbacks to it. But, yeah, that's what I was getting. Oh, sorry, Jose. But yeah, that's what I was getting at was that especially with uh, stuff like Zeta Gundam, um, the never released here double Zeta Gundam, yeah. and also other stuff like 080, 0083, 8th MS Team, stuff like that. But yeah, F91. You, you don't need yeah, to. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's not talk about F91. <laughs> Do I need to list them all? F91, Char's Counterattack. Um, let me see. There was G another. Char's Counterattack, not Char. Global Fighter G Gundam. Which Jose is very fond of. Yes, I'm super fond of G Gundam. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going through G Gundam right now as well. And I must say, that one is the Gundam to take the least amount seriously. Except for maybe SD Gundam. Yeah, SD Gundam is for kids. SD is for kids. Yeah, but G Gundam is the one you should take the least uh, amount of seriousness with. Because um, basically... It makes fun of every. It kind of you know unintentionally pokes fun at everything and everybody. You know it because I'm the way it did it. <laughs> no, if you're a wrestling fan, then you'll like G Gundam. I like G Gundam. I don't even for my think own. you have to be a wrestling fan for this one. It's just I like G Gundam for my own reasons, but it's actually interesting it's it's kind of like one of those shows that's just like all right, it's okay, but it's nothing really to the series that you want to see. Um, if you want to see the good ones. Yeah. I'll probably stick with you see it's it's cheesy i like uh g gundam just because uh, especially the dub the dub can for g gundam can be very uneven at times but yeah. it's still but it's the dub is so cheesy that it's just awesome <laughs> it um, is it's kind of weird g gundam doesn't work for me on a lot of different levels but to get to my point using that information mm-hmm. it proves how much of a wide variety there is of gundam i mean you can kind of pick any show and you know, we're all gonna we're all gonna have different opinions about the show, but we all still come back to I love Gundam, no matter what. I mean, exactly. yeah, Gundam Wing doesn't hold the same place in my heart it did when I was, you know, five or six or whenever the hell that show was coming out. <laughs> um, but you know, you was prepubescent and your nuts had dropped. Probably six. <laughs> Actually, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to think how old I was when Gundam Wing came out. Uh, I couldn't have been twelve. I was in seventh grade, so it was like twelve or thirteen years old. I think I was in like the fifth grade, so. I think um, I was in high school, so yeah, I was older than you. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it just you know that 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 series will always hold a special place in my heart. I own the show, but that show is so cheesy too. At certain points, <laughs> it, it gets very melodramatic, and I thought the original Mobile Suit Gundam got melodramatic at points. And so and so does Seed, by the way. Spoiler alert, Jim. <laughs> uh, I'm kind of expecting that because because uh, it's actually, Gundam. Most of their use, it, it's Gundam. Is pretty... See, uh, like what that. I like so much about Gundam Wing, man, was the simple fact that it kind of like pulled from Leo Tolstoy's War and Peace a lot. Yeah, I read the book. I read. I'm a librarian. Leave me alone. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but, you know, Gundam has always been at its heart about the horrors of war, you know, how war is senseless, pointless, stupid, uh, and just something we never should engage in as a species. Um, you know, and it's also about giant robots kicking the crap out of each other. Because chicks That's what you really so giant robots can't get a jab out of each other. Oh god! You know because, but I, I like to think you know it, it is kind of a cool concept where they because you have to remember when Gundam was coming out, all the giant robot shows were super robots. You know these robots that nobody else had. Gundam was the first time they were used for military operations. For they were used as these uh, these 
weapons that anybody could just have. And I think that really changed it. And I like the way that, you know, they kind of played off the fact that, well, these aren't toys. These are, these are weapons, you know. Yeah, you put Gundam Gundam up against something else out there like Mazinger Z or something like that or uh, uh, Gigantor or something like that or Tetsujin 28 if you prefer. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like, you know, well, I mean, the giant robot's always there to save the day, but like Jose said, everybody's got giant robots. It just so happens that the Gundam is a special kind of robot, which has, you know, stronger armor, better weapons, and stuff like that, and it was meant to turn the tide of the war between uh, the Earth Federation and Zeon. And the thing about, the you know, the, the one thing that keeps coming back about Gundam uh, is that the pilots of the Gundams are usually young boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, people who, who aren't really old enough to be in the army. Exactly. Um, and the thing is, you know, I, I think it's kind of a callback to to the history of, of the series. With, with Japan, you have to remember when Gundam was coming out, World War II was still kind of in people's minds. And uh, Tomino was definitely probably alive during, you know, while World War II was happening, and I'm sure he saw things he would n- have never wanted to see ever, uh, whether it be in the news or he personally experienced it. I don't know, mm-hmm. uh, but you know that that influenced a lot of work, not just Gundam, a lot of work back then. You know, I think of Barefoot Gen and and other and other uh, works of art during that time that were so affected by the war, and you know. Which is why you you typically see children in these horrifying situations. Um, of course, it, Gundam doesn't go all the way with the, you know, war is bad. It doesn't really go like super hardcore, hard with it. It doesn't but, go into like Grave of the Fireflies territory. Yeah, it doesn't go that <laughs> yeah. far. Doesn't go, doesn't <laughs> but go it that does. Far. But it does show the implications of how children have been used in a wartime situation, especially like when you look at countries in Africa, especially like in Rwanda and stuff, yeah. like, you know, you're going to always see children soldiers there. I mean, Amuro Ray was, what, 16 when he was fighting? 15, 16? Yeah. The thing is, um, and I think that might be another reason why Gundam Wing is not so popular, is because everybody was like, you know, 14 years old, and nobody ever is an adult and stuff like that in uh, Gundam, except for the um, except for the powers that be, but like even Bright Noah, the uh, the um, uh, captain of White Base was was like nineteen, twenty years old, something like that. Yeah, not now, even old enough to drink. You know. Now he's in unicorn. He looks the same, but now he's like twenty something. Yeah, exactly. But the fact remains that in 0079, uh Bright Noah was like you know not even twenty years old or something like that, if memory serves. Probably still had pimples and going through puberty. Now, <laughs> now here's the thing about Gundam. Unfortunately, it's really unfortunate what happened to Gundam in the United States. We have some good news at the end of this little rant. Uh, Gundam is out of print now. Uh, as you all know, Bondi's out. They're out of the game. They're not doing physical releases. So uh, if you want any Gundam series on DVD, I would highly suggest to just go pick it up. Do not hesitate. Do not think about the price. Just go do it. Because there's a good chance you won't see it again. Gundam is good for you, by the way. I made that mistake with Running Warriors, and I don't have the complete collection, people. Yep. It's don't make the mistake right now. Like, if you want something from Bondi, go get it. Get it right, motherfucking now. Get it. Now. I can't afford to wait any longer on Gun on uh, Zeta Gundam Part Two. Um, my wallet will uh, hate me ahead of Anime Boston if I don't get it soon. <laughs> yeah, 
So you need to like just get it. Yeah. Um, Take out a loan if you have to. Yeah. Do not because we don't know if we're gonna get any of these shows uh, in the states. Because you know, as much as we all love Gundam and Gundam is so popular here, uh, it's only the newer stuff that's really popular. Like nothing is as popular as Wing, and Wing is sold out and gone already. Yep. Nothing is nearly as popular as Gundam Wing here in the United States. Um, and then it would maybe go Seed, maybe G Gundam, maybe whatever. Uh, and then maybe Unicorn. Unicorn's actually been selling pretty well. Oddly. Simultaneous releases with the U.S., yeah. thank God. Thank God. Mm-hmm. Um, not the price, what, but, you know. It, it's worth it, you know, especially it really if is. it curbs, especially if it curbs piracy, you know. Yeah, it, it so is though. Like those, mm-hmm. the show's so good. Um, my current obsession right now. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, go, go, so go get it. But here's the good news. I can't remember the name of them. I'm gonna look them up. But Gundam is coming back to America uh, <gasps> through streaming. They took it off Crunchyroll recently, sadly, but it yeah, is coming it, back to America. Uh, there is a bunch of Japanese companies getting together and creating their own streaming service for. <gasps> overseas and mobile suit gundam is one of the series that is coming over interesting so yeah is it the original gundam or is it a consortium of gundam series is it i think it's the original even still i i still need to i'm like only 10 episodes deep into the original i need to you know watch more of it although i would like to if it is possible i would like to see a remastered uh sub if at all possible because um it that that audio is hurting on the original uh gundam so for the for the uh, sub anyway for the dub the dub uh, has some fairly nicely remastered uh, you know sound but the audio track on the original Gundam is in bad bad shape. Well, I mean that's that's the problem with old shows. Macross has the same issue where it just sounds like yeah. garbage. Yeah. But at the same time, I really don't want them to do it because mm-hmm. it they did it on um they did it on Ghost in the Shell uh, the two point version mm-hmm. and I sometimes hate the sound effects that they picked out and I'm just like oh, I'll take well, the original. It doesn't have to be even new sound effects. I'm just talking about making sure that, you know, it, it like the audio track, the audio masters like don't die or something like that. Because uh, if I uh, if I remember correctly, um, a lot of the audio things and I know I keep on talking about this show on the podcast. But uh, from what I understand, a fire claimed a lot of Gunbusters original masters. So, you know, I'd like to see, you know, remastered, uh, you know, stuff like that. Just to, if, if, if just to preserve the audio and stuff like that. Yeah, it happens more often than you think, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fires? <laughs> yes, fires destroying stuff. I mean, we lost Citizen Kane's original film master yes. uh, to a fire. Yeah. And luckily, we still had the original camera on negatives. I don't know how that works, but, you know, we still had those, thank God. Yeah. Somebody figured it out. Yeah, but even but even still, that's all I'm saying is like if they want to do something with it, please just like you know, do like a real special, like a super special um, edition or something like that where they just remaster the audio because it needs it in a bad bad way. Uh, so, but you know the the big thing about it for me is I, I'm I, I'm really excited. I'm trying to look up the name of this streaming company that's bringing mm-hmm. it back. Um, I would like to see you know more more gun stuff. They seem to be more uh, introduce. They they seem to like more. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm still searching here. <laughs> I'm so distracted. Oh. Really quick, uh, if you want Gundam Online, actually, they have done an HD remaster of Gundam Seed. You can find that on YouTube via the channel Gundam Info, all one word. 
And also, um, there's a couple of series that have not hit the States on that channel as well. Yeah. Um, also be sure. Also, uh, Gundam seed destiny is getting an HD remaster this season as well. So, and go watch gunpla builders. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I knew he was going to say it. And if you want to buy guns, go to amazon.com because they have a lot of guns from different series. And they have all kinds of different uh, gunpla grades as well. Now, I only know this because of a, um, a panel that was there at Momocon, but it was kind of getting started with Gundam um, building. And uh, the ones you want to get, uh, if you have the money, are the real grades and the master grades because those are the ones that are uh, you know, fairly good size, but they also, if you fancy yourself uh, hardcore, definitely go with like the real grades and the master grades and stuff like that. If you're just starting out, uh, they have like the one to one forty four um, scale ones. Yeah, those are called high grades usually. Yeah, yeah, the high grades. You can find those pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Like seriously, did you see the master, Toho Gundam though? Master high grade, and I think there's <laughs> another one after that that's kind of like glows in the dark <laughs> after that. Yeah, but no. yeah, there's yeah. If you find your if you fancy yourself up. a Gundam fan. Definitely check out the real and master grades. Well, I'm getting that super real master grade um, Gundam because I'm going to build my own Gundam. And I'm just going to fly around and just mess everything up. <laughs> you have to figure out how to make a Minovsky reactor first. <laughs> yeah, Don't worry. It's I, okay. I'm a genius. I can figure it out. Again, Minovsky reactors, uh, go watch original Gundam. It's okay. I just talked to MacGyver. He showed me how to do it. <laughs> so by that logic you'll have it ready in about three weeks with uh, nothing but uh, bubble gum popsicle sticks and uh, a famicom a gym clip <laughs> yeah exactly. that's all you really need <laughs> that's how this works really exactly uh, but you know I, to buy myself more time mm-hmm. um, I, I would like to go around and you know what it, starting I guess with Darrell what is what is your favorite I mean we might know this from the top 10 episodes but um, <laughs> what is your what is your favorite Gundam or, or Gundam memory uh, that, that maybe hasn't aired on Toonami or you know whatever whatever you want to say well I know one of my favorite um, moments in Gundam Wing was um, when Hero literally self-detonated his Gundam with him with himself in it man oh, at like that point series. I, yeah I was just like damn this dude hardcore because he was willing to sacrifice himself right along with the Gundam just to get the mission completed. And, you know, being a soldier, man, sometimes it's, you know, self-sacrifice is a mug, but you got to get the job done. Mission first. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel? <laughs> um, I'm going to have to say, I think it's in Endless Watts where um, Hero was firing the double cannon. Um, I forget um, exactly what it was too, but um, that would be my favorite part. Yeah, he shoots it at a door three times. Like, yeah, basically trying to use his uh, double uh, cannon as a bunker buster, but it destroys the Wing Zero custom in the process. Yeah, yeah, I know everybody loves the Wing Zero custom. It's an iconic design, but that Gundam did nothing. <laughs> it really didn't. <laughs> that Gundam no. shows up for three minutes, fights Shenlong, then falls to Earth after no provocation, just falls to Earth, sits at the bottom of the ocean for a little while, and then goes and blows up a uh, bunker, a door, not even a bunker, a door, to a bunker. And An then, incredibly fortified door. <laughs> yeah, and then it dies. It did flap his wings, though. Yes, and everybody remembers, <laughs> everybody remembers that. 
And then well, in general, I, I just, I don't know. I'm just that moment, but let's think about this for a Let's think about this for a second. To survive two, one, two, let alone just one blast from that double cannon, that double uh, laser cannon of the uh, Wing Zero. Cannon, pretty much. Yeah. That. <laughs> Which, it, it, do you know how ridiculously fortified that door had to have been to survive just one <laughs> Wing Zero blast? <laughs> it survived three. Now it kind of broke. It broke through at the very end. The third one, yeah, yeah. Wing Zero blew himself up at that point. You're just like, what? Yeah. So anyway, but yes, yes, I love that. I love Endless Waltz. It's it's definitely a masterpiece. But Wing Zero does three things and then blows up. I don't know. There's something about that moment. It is a it is a cool. It is a great Gundam. I love that. I love that you know, Gundam, kinda, but it really does nothing. About but the, the, but the moment of that Gundam was so short-lived, it's like, oh, there goes that But it's custom. one of those epic <laughs> moments, though. It's that epic moment. Like, it was short, but you will always remember it, though. It's kind of like when the police just come to your house and kick the door in using a shotgun. <laughs> that would be my favorite moment, I guess. The police mm-hmm. kicking down your door with a shotgun? Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, you got to shoot it off first, then kick the door in. <laughs> it's better than an iron cannon. <laughs> <laughs> My house will be gone. That poor doorknob. Yeah. <laughs> God. The poor oh, doorknob. The doorknob will be in dust. Hey. Not even dust. It's been evaporated into the air. <laughs> By the way, quick thing about um, Gundam... The, the Wing Zero custom. There's a game called um, uh, Gundam, Mobile Suit Gundam Extreme Versus for the PlayStation 3, and it's in arcades as well uh, in Japan. And uh, it's an import title, so sorry. No, the, actually, um, it will work on your PS3. It will yeah, work on your PS3, yes, but yeah. it's an import title. So mm-hmm. when you're paying $87 for it, don't say I didn't warn you. Um, and, so, we, and it has a it, bunch of it has a bunch of the Gundams in it. And I always pick Wing Zero Custom because it is so over freaking powered with that <laughs> double barrel thing. You just jump into right the there, sky, right? use it, <laughs> decimate. You fall out of the sky, and then the, you both die. Possibly right? the only thing that is no, you don't both die. Uh, but oh, yeah. <laughs> possibly the only other thing that is more overpowered than that is uh, is maybe the Strike Freedom. Because it has like twenty of those double barrel things, on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I just shoots every goes... single laser beam ever. Oh God! Does it have the seven sword? Uh, I think so. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, Jim, your turn. Uh, I have a couple of uh, favorite moments. Um, I'm going to go with a Gundam Wing one because, well, this is one that I remember. Uh, one that really got to me actually was the death of Trace Kushranada towards the end of Gundam Wing. Uh, I believe it was the uh, next to last episode. And it was just like, you know, this guy who was in the spotlight, then faded from it and then came back at the very end with the with one of the most badass Gundams ever, the Tall Geese 3. And basically he was single handedly taking out most of the White Fang because they were uh, basically everybody knew that Trey's and his guys were overmatched taking on the White Fang. But it was enough to get the Gundams to to basically... Uh, help the Gundams, you know, stop uh, Zex with all of his with his plans to. Or as I like to call him, sex, 
Sex marquees. Yeah. <laughs> sex marquees. Yeah, sexy sex marquees. It sounds like they were saying that during the series. Yeah, they really yeah. were just calling them sex marquees. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's funny. I gotta say though, the Toggies in Endless Walls looked a whole lot better than the one in Gundam Wing. Yeah, though. that was Toggies. Uh, actually, you know what? The Toggies three was Endless Walls. Yes, Almost I stand corrected. Every Gundam looked better than Endless Walls. <laughs> it was Toggies two. And um, yeah, yeah, it was Toggies two. In a um, uh, what was it? Uh, Gundam Wing towards the end, and um, yeah, it was just a um, but actually seeing. Uh, Wu Fei finally slay Trey's, and then, you know, to to you know re- express regret, like Trey's gets his big damn heroes ending, and then that's a, that was the saddest part though is that throughout the battle he was remembering all the people that he served with, and he it's like Trey's actually gave a shit about everybody who served with him, everybody he fought with. It's not like. You know, most other bad guys, it's like, well, you guys are just, you know, things to, you know, crumple up and throw away. No, Trey's actually felt remorse about having all these people, basically sending all these people to die. And to actually have him show regret was kind of like, kind of almost like, um, oh, what am I thinking of here? It was almost like he was trying to give it, it was almost like he was giving a eulogy to the guys that he, to the men that he served with in you know, in battle and everything. And it was just, it was kind of heartrending to see that. And then to actually see him kind of achieve peace and call Wu Fei a friend of his at the very end was just, you know, it, it kind of felt like catharsis and it just made Trey's one of my favorite, um, you know, he was an awesome bad guy to begin with, but then at the same, but by the end he had kind of redeemed himself and become a hero. He had the most like unlikely character arc of any character I have ever seen in anime. By the way, I found uh, that streaming service name. It's Daisuke. 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 Yeah. Daisuke. 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 I pronounce it Daisuke. Um, yeah, uh, it's going to be streaming Mobile Suit Gundam. Thank freaking God. So it's coming back. Sort of. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Woohoo. Um, Excitement. Is it going to be dubbed? <laughs> Well, Probably. Mobile Suit Gundam is dubbed. It's been dubbed for a while now. Yeah. Well, Will you so actually it watch it? Streamed? Will you watch <laughs> it, it dubbed? Probably not. Probably not. I don't want to watch it. I'm sorry. Mobile Suit Gundam. The dub isn't bad. I just I watch that show in Japanese. I don't watch that one in English. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it, it typically, if it's older, I don't watch old or newer dubs of older shows. I really don't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. As long as I can understand it, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. No, sometimes English dubs can be bad, you know. Yeah, and I'm not saying Mobile Suit Gundam's <laughs> dub is bad, but that's a show I rather watch in Japanese. I'm it's just it's just it. a matter of preference. That's all it is. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, so anyways, uh, any more memories, or is it my turn now? Any kind, uh, basically the transformation scene in, uh, well, not the transformation scene, but the, um, um, any time when, um. Uh, Domon is uh, suiting up in G Gundam. Just the music is so epic. Uh, when <laughs> do 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 do. Yeah. Uh, my Gundam memory is a little more recent because I'm going to be using Gundam Unicorn a lot here. Spoilers? Spoilers. Uh, not really. Um, when um, Banajer first gets into the Gundam Unicorn spoilers, the main character finds the main Gundam. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh my god, wow. After an attempt at Gundam Jack. That's so predictable. I know. This is the first episode, people. Calm down. Um, <laughs> so he gets into the first Gundam, and I'm not going to say uh, what happens, but he gets into the first Gundam, and he finally decides to take it out. Like, okay, this is my responsibility. I'm going to use this. And the music builds up, and it's just this choir singing. You're just like, holy fucking shit. And, like, he bursts out, and there's a quad-winged Zaku waiting for him. And he's just like, go, get the hell out of my way! Which I always thought would be something cool to use in a Toonami promo. Um, yeah. And he, like, oh. busts out with it, and he just bursts through, like, a colony wall, and just like, fuck yeah. And then he goes into destroy mode, and you're just like, holy shit, this Gundam's awesome! And um, and then you fanboy out, and Grandma's like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> well, in your case, anyway. Yeah. As far as my grandmother's concerned, the Japanese started World War II. So. <laughs> um, and then there's the uh, Gundam Seed. I love the. Uh, there's a fight. I think it's the last fight actually between Othrin and uh, and Kira. Yeah. No spoilers. But no spoilers, please. Their um... final fight, uh, which is not the end of the series. Their final fight, though. Uh, they go through, and it is just one of the bloodiest, most casualty, uh, casualty-filled Gundam fights I, I remember from a recent series. I mean, just uh, a lot of a lot of main characters go ahead and bite, not main characters, but supporting characters bite the dust, and the Gundams themselves, because they're 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 using the flagship Gundams, like these are the two main Gundams in the show, they just get destroyed. Beat to hell. Beat to, like Gundam Carnage. I have I honestly haven't seen even in Unicorn. Like I haven't seen Carnage this bad because usually the Gundams they get beat up, but you know they can still move and stuff. This one cockpits are shred open. You know, like and you're just like holy shit! I can't believe what's happening. Um, the other thing is I think the first time I saw Shaw's counterattack, the 360 degree view cockpit, which has <laughs> been. Uh, replicated in, in Gundam Unicorn to great degree mm-hmm. um, is a is a great moment as well. And you know the cool thing is I've been able to show Gundam to people and always getting reactions. Like everybody's always responded positively to Gundam Wing. Uh, that's the one I I try to show to people. Uh, you know I haven't tried to show Gundam Seed to people oddly. Uh, and then Gundam Unicorn I actually have shown to a lot of people. And just like, even though they have no idea what's going on in the Universal Century, just the enjoyment they get out of the show, the fun they're having, it's it's a lot of fun to see. And, you know, how this series is a little more than just your typical giant robot show. Mm-hmm. It's a cultural institution in Japan, actually, because, I mean... Well, they, uh, have, the, they have the statue. They have the statue, yes. The, the statue, the world-famous Gundam statue. Like, you don't even need to know what anime is to know what Gundam is. It's, a, it's become a cultural institution. It is probably uh, one of the most amazing things I have ever seen. It's like, you know, to have an entire country get, uh, you know, behind something so, so, you know, seemingly innocuous. Because, I mean, to us it's just cartoons, but... You know, Gundam really means something to the Japanese people. It's yeah. one of the things that everybody can hang their hat on. It's a it's a big cultural icon. You know, just like Mac Ross, just like Astro Boy, just like Dragon Ball Z. It's a big cult one piece. I would include in there as well. It's a mm-hmm. big pop culture icon, and you know, deservedly so. Uh, I'm glad that they did build two of these goddamn statues. <laughs> um, 
Actually, more. They built a lot of these statues. Yeah. Uh, they built a full-size core fighter. They built a full-size bust of the seed, uh, of the seed uh, Strike Freedom, and mm-hmm. of, of course the full-size RX-78, which is the original Gundam. Uh, and you know, I as someone who's seen these things up close, it, there's it's just it inspiring. It is it really is breathtaking. You're kind of left speechless. Even people who have never seen the show. I mean, I ha- I brought my friend Jules. She's never seen Gundam, uh, and I didn't bring any of it with me on this trip to show her. And I was fanboying out of everything. You know, I was like, oh my god, look at this, look at this, look at this. Shaw, you know, that's the Red Comet. That's the that's Hado, you know, and she has no idea what that is. And then we go outside and we see the RX seventy eight, and she was like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> like that was, I think that was the only Gundam thing she cared about. Like, oh my god, that statue is amazing, and ah, it it is, it is something really cool to behold. And I I I, I highly encourage if you ever go to Tokyo, go see, go see the RX seventy eight. You have to. And even if you don't see the RX-78, at least find, at least take a, you know, good hard look at, you know, at least one Gundam. Like, even if the title, you know, sounds cool. Like, for example, Victory Gundam or, you know, even that, you know, piece of trash after War Gundam X, you know. <laughs> I haven't uh, seen that. <laughs> it, supposedly it was so bad that it suffered a similar fate to um, the original Gundam, the original Mobile Suit Gundam. Uh, it got cut after it got killed after 39 episodes has a bit of a cult following but is recognized as one of the more eh Gundam series out there but even still I'm sure there's there really is a Gundam for everybody and that's what makes uh, Gundam such a wonderful franchise my dad got into Gundam Wing in a really really good way I mean I've never seen my dad get into anime before or since I mean he's seen Miyazaki movies and stuff like that but um Gundam Wing was a series that he just gushed over. And, uh, you know, to have a guy who was grown up, who, you know, grew up in a, you know, baby boomer family and stuff like that. And, you know, had uh, parents that served in, you know, served in World War II. I have family that served in Japan. To have a, you know, my dad gush about Gundam Wing, a Japanese series like this, uh, a Japanese uh, cartoon series, at least to him, that's what it was. It was actually kind of amazing, and I was actually really, really impressed. It was one of the things that we actually got to talk about and stuff like that. And he, and he was legitimately impressed with how good it was. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and every Gundam series, even the crappy ones, have their good points. By the way, Gundam Wing, not super popular in Japan. I think we've been over this. No. <laughs> um, it, it's more of a su- – really, when you think about it, it's more of a super robot show, whereas most of the Gundam series are real robot because – you could say that Gundam is the progenitor of the entire real robot genre. So because of uh, Gundam, stuff like Pat Labor was possible. Stuff like, uh, oh, like Kogios, you could say, you know, is real robot, you know? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Um, so, all right, I, I just want to get everyone's final thoughts on Gundam uh, real quick. Uh, just, you know, final words about the franchise, and then we're going to go ahead and call it. So, uh, Darrell, I'd like to start with you first. Well, Gundam really did touch me in a lot of ways because, like, as you know, I already talked about a whole lot, Jose. It really does touch on the horrors of war and, you know, things that can go wrong and 
how it pulls out a lot of emotions in humans at times and dealing with these kind of situations that can be stressful to the point that, you know, Gundam really does touch a lot of people, you know. It, I think it speaks to the human spirit in a certain way. Daniel? Um, I don't know what really to say. Uh, Gundam's, you know, certain guns will be uh, good to you. Some might not be, but, uh, you know, just keep on watching. You'll find something. I found a couple of mine. Hopefully find more. Hopefully with the stream. I haven't really seen much Gundam, so other than Gundam Wing and Seed and uh, G Gundam. So I'm looking forward for more. Uh, Jim? Um, like I've said before, there's a Gundam series for everybody, whether you start with Wing, whether you start with Seed. Um, you know, there are very, very few direct sequels. I think the only ones I know of are uh, Zeta Gundam, Double Zeta Gundam, and uh, uh, Gundam Seed Destiny. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, it's really, really easy to get into Gundam because, I mean, how do you not like ro- giant robots? <laughs> so, uh, I mean, everybody loves giant robots. Chicks dig giant robots. Yes, they do. So, everybody yeah. giant loves giant robots. Hashtag everybody. <laughs> exactly. And the, but if you see Gundam, if you look at it, you will see how much it really is influential, not just in Japanese animation but in American animation as well, especially in the wake of Gundam Wing's success about, like, what, 10 years ago now? <laughs> More, yeah, like 13. 13 years ago, yeah. I mean, it's been 13 years since we first got Gundam. You can very easily see the effect that the franchise has had on America if you just if you watch Gundam and then watch something else, like, you know, post-Gundam here in the U.S. Um, I, it makes me really sad that Gundam is not more popular here in the U.S., and I'm not... I'm not besmirching Gundam Wing. Uh, you know, I, I wish more Gundam was popular than just Gundam Wing. Um, I wish people would give the Universal Century a try. I wish people would give Century Era a try. Uh, you know, just... But now it seems like now that it really does look like we're not going to get Gundam on physical media anymore, uh, people are flocking to the series suddenly out of either a sense of nostalgia or like, oh, crap, I should have picked these up while I had the chance. Um, and it really makes me sad, but at the same time, I'm like, well, great. I'm glad you're here. Because uh, the franchise isn't going anywhere in Japan, and as long as it never goes anywhere in Japan, and there at least is some kind of fan base here in the States, there will be Gundam for all. Uh, you will all be able to see what we see and, you know, uh, get to watch this beautiful, beautiful franchise flourish and just do a lot of crazy, cool things and be weird and fun and serious when it has to be. And, you know, Sig Zeon. Kenny Adomi, uh, who helped, who brought Gundam over and helped us, you know, I've been calling to you for a few episodes now. Come on. <laughs> you believe in us, we'll believe in you. And um, Tomino, Tomino, we don't see eye to eye a lot. <laughs> but thanks. Thanks Thank for you, Gundam. Mr. <laughs> Thank you, right. Mr. Tomino. All the all the deaths of those red shirts shall not have been in vain. And Gundam pilot girlfriends. Yep. If there's one the as the Chibi Tropes article says, if there is one thing more dangerous than being a Gundam pilot, it's being the girlfriend of a Gundam pilot. <laughs> Especially if you're Amaro's girlfriend. Yes. <laughs> or not even you know what? Not even girlfriend. If you're into Amaro. Because I'm thinking it's about just... Shaw's counterattack, and I'm like. 
He didn't even have a girlfriend in that movie, and those bitches still died. <laughs> so, so yeah, don't, 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 don't ever go out with gun and pilots. Go out with us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's because Amaro was about that Gundam life. Amaro was never about the Gundam life until like, I, I don't know, Z- Zeta, Double Zeta. <laughs> he was like, he was fighting it the whole time. He was like, I really don't want to be a Gundam pilot. I really don't want to be a Gundam pilot. And then he was like, F- you, Shaw. I have to be a Gundam pilot. We end this now, Shaw. Oh, God. Shaw's counterattack is so good. Yes. Which, by the way, don't pronounce it Shaw in Japan. People have no idea what you're talking about. Shaw. 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 And uh, you can pronounce it Gundam just fine. Uh, although Gundamu, I think is the correct way to pronounce it. Gundamu. So that's enough of the pronunciation Gundamu. lesson. Uh, we'll see you all later. See you later. Deuces! Sigzion! To my only desire. The beast of possibility. The symbol of hope. Father. Mother, I'm sorry. I must. You are my hope. It's all up to you now, Benajah. I must go. I've found a place where I am to die. So say it for me now! Say it! Sig Zion. Sig Zion.